3: Sal Capaccio is with us now, Bill's sideline reporter for WGR. We're talking about the Bills win over the Jets. And Sale, let me ask first, you were on the sideline. Did you get a different vibe yesterday from previous games?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I, I think so, but you know, I we I want to make sure too it's also probably because they started off so, so great, you know, with the turnover and the first kickoff of the game and, you know, the team was playing pretty well and, you know, really kind of efficient on offense. I did get that vibe for sure. Uh, just the energy, but I think, you know, it's chicken and egg, right? I mean, when you're winning and things are going well, you're going to get that, but, but it was nice to see for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the win, I mean, that's, it's about as emphatic as you can get sale uh, really took it to the jets. As you mentioned, from the opening kickoff, the offense was looking good and uh, got to start there. Of course, What was different under the new offensive (laughs) coordinator yesterday that you were able to
1: notice? They used the middle of the field a little bit more. If you look, uh, I was just going through the numbers. Josh was 8 for 9 throwing in the middle of the field. The Bills had not used a lot of the middle of the field um, consistently through games this year. Also, I thought the operation was pretty smooth. Only one time the Bills... Had to use a timeout where they were a little bit late, you know, in in the play clock. And Josh had to burn a timeout because it could have been a delay of game. But, you know, you go back a few games, even, you know, home games where that's happened far too many times. So the process, obviously the relay to get down, the communication, everything went really well from Joe Brady. And just the efficiency overall. Um, You know, this is a really, really good Jets defense, one of the top defenses in the league. The Bills scored 32 points. It's actually the most points the Jets had given up all year to any opponent. Uh, And they've played the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, that's a really nice feather in the cap for the offense to be that efficient and score that many points.
3: Josh Allen was running again yesterday. Is that Josh or is that Joe Brady?
1: I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think early on when you get the designed quarterback draw, it's obviously Joe Brady calling that play, Um, but it was nice to see. And then Josh took off a couple of times, used his legs. He did take a couple shots. You, You know, We all want to see Josh run a little bit more because it's when the Bills are the best and when he's at his best. But you do have to balance that, you know, him taking hits on. There was a couple of times where, especially one where he took took a pretty big shot. So you got to be careful with that. But overall, I thought, you know, Josh did a really good job of deciding when to run. And excuse me, sorry, Joe Brady did a nice job of, you know, putting him in a couple positions to run.
0: It was uh, it was a fun afternoon, especially on the other side of the ball. Sale where the defense was just uh, tormenting the Jets <laughs> and uh, really getting some turnovers. Something we haven't seen in a while. How difficult though is it to judge this performance on that weighted scale? <laughs> right where it, you're going against Zach Wilson, the Jets, and you look at what's coming up in the schedule: the Chiefs and the Eagles next. You add a couple more injuries to the mix. I, I don't know how much are you putting into yesterday.
1: Well, look, I, I mean, it is obviously one of the worst offenses in the league, and it's one of the worst quarterback situations in the league. It's still an NFL football game, and you still have to go out there and play, and that they have to give it, be given credit for it. So yes, it's tough to kind of balance and say, because you could say all day today, well, six points, dominant defensive performance. Yeah, but it's the Jets, right? And I understand anybody who says that. But you still have to go out there and you still have to play. And they played the Jets in week one. The Bills made a few mistakes, and the Jets were able to, you know, kind of hang in the game a little bit and score here and score there. Um, you know, the Bills gave up one drive, one touchdown in this game. Other than that, they dominated them, and um, they have to be given credit for that. I think that the more important thing is the more this team plays with this group on defense because of the injuries. And by the way, they have a few more, you know, going into next week. We'll see where they go. But the more this group plays together – the better they seem to be getting. So it's another game with time on task, and it was a nice performance, obviously. Rasul Douglas was incredible. Two interceptions, um, a fumble recovery. Those are the kinds of numbers that might get him AFC Defensive Player of the Week, and this is a guy that just got here they traded for, and this is why they traded for him uh, from the Green Bay Packers at the trade
3: deadline. Um, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. Those are, they're not storylines this morning. They really had hmm. very little impact on this game. Would and that agree? might be
1: the storyline, right, yeah. from them. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. There's It's not a storyline for how much impact they had. It's probably a storyline how little impact they had, which is not what you want to see from your one and two wide receivers. I mean, combined, they had four catches, 26 yards, and it all came from Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis didn't have a target. He wasn't even thrown to in this game. I, I mean, he was thrown to once. There was a penalty, so it doesn't officially count. Um, but so that's the negative. Like, hey, you know, you need your one and two wide receivers. But the positive, Susan is right, is which is everybody else stepped up, and that's what you need. Dalton Kincaid six catches forty six yards. Khalil Shakir obviously you guys just played at the eighty one yard touchdown pass, which was great to see. James Cook out of the backfield. Ty Johnson out of the backfield. So it was really nice to see. And next week they um they get Dalton. I'm sorry, Dawson Knox back. It looks like so we'll see you know how they incorporate him back into the offense as well. So you know a, a nice performance to spread it out. And the Jets are very good. They're going to take away what you do best, and they did. They took away Stefan Diggs. Nice job by them. Um, but the Bills found other ways to move the ball and to throw it uh, down the field.
0: You mentioned Dawson Knox. I was going to ask you about that next on the TV broadcast. They mentioned him quite a few times, or at least Tony Romo mm. did, of, you know, oh, they're going to get Dawson Knox back soon, it's going to look like this and this. I, how do you expect that to look? Dalton Kincaid been mm. so good the past few weeks. How does his
1: role change? What are you expecting to see there with Knox's return? It's a good question because – this is something Joe Brady's going to have to balance. I think I know they they wanted to do you know go to twelve personnel. That's two tight ends on the field, and you know it just hasn't quite materialized that way. And now they're in this eleven personnel a lot of times, which is one tight end. And that's Dalton Kincaid, and it's you know and he's really terrific. Dalton Kincaid's having a fantastic rookie season. You don't want to take him off the field. At the same time, Dawson Knox is a good football player. You know he's not he's he's a guy that you can still block and throw in throw passes to. He's a better blocker than Dalton Kincaid is right now. So he's going to have a role. I do wonder. I think that um, that's the challenge for Joe Brady ahead. Look, it's it's a good problem to have if you want to call it a problem. So we'll see. Um, I do expect them to continue to use Dalton Kincaid a lot. I wonder, you know, Dawson Knox, you know, exactly how often he'll be on the field and what those situations will be. And then you have the other one at running back. I mean, Ty Johnson suddenly appears out of nowhere. You have Leonard Fournette sitting there, He who he signed. He's on the practice squad. I wonder what happens there. I thought Leonard Fournette would probably be elevated next week from the practice squad, but with Ty Johnson's performance yesterday, not sure how you could take him off the uh, game day roster either.
0: That's that's right, Ty Johnson. What a game with him. I is it like totally out of the realm of possibility to take Kincaid and put him out wide and and almost use him as uh, another wide receiver, a slot wide receiver, and, and Dalton, or excuse me, and Dawson Knox goes back in uh, at a tight end where they can keep kind of running the offense they've been running and, and keep both guys on the field?
1: No, and I think that's really what they've been doing with Dalton a lot anyway. You know, Dalton doesn't really line up in line as a blocker a lot. He lines up as a slot receiver. He li- lines up out wide, but it's a good point. And, you know, think of how many times you're in the stadium and you hear, 76 as reported eligible, right, when the referee says that. That's David Edwards, and David Edwards is the extra offensive lineman who's actually kind of playing a quasi-tight end role, but he's not going to go out for any passes, well, that becomes reps that Dawson Knox would get now. And now you do have to respect that guy. If David Edwards is in the game, yeah, he can block. You're not covering him going out to catch a pass. You don't have to respect that. You put Dawson Knox back in that role and he becomes the extra guy. Then you have to respect him. He might go out for a pass, obviously, for the defense. And on top of that, um, you can also keep him in to block because he's a good blocker.
3: Taylor Rapp, he left the field mm. you know, in an ambulance, which you never want to see. But is it true he did not go to the hospital?
1: That's what I was told. Yeah, he um stayed at the stadium, and in fact, after the game, uh, I believe the word was that he was home resting. So that that's really encouraging news. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, everything that happened on the field that you saw was more precautionary. I was right there. I was right in front of me. He gave the thumbs up on his way into the ambulance. You guys might have seen that. Um, he had movement in extremities, obviously, and that's why. And they didn't even take him to the hospital, which is great. Um, he's home resting. So he has a neck injury, and we'll see where that goes, and then. Dane Jackson and Taron Johnson both suffered concussions. So now you're talking about two of your three secondary players, or players in a secondary that's already been banged up and Notre Tredavious White, obviously. Oh, by the way, with the Philadelphia Eagles on board and on deck, which um, have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and you know wepor- weapons they can throw to. So um, we'll see where these guys progress this week. You can clear concussion protocol in seven days. It's not normal, uh, but it can happen. And then oh, hopefully Taylor Rapp, you know, is uh, more precautionary. But who knows? Uh, We'll see where that goes with him throughout the week as well.
0: All right. Sal, thank you so much and enjoyed uh, hearing the call on the sideline uh, with you and everyone yesterday on WGR. Lots to get to over the next couple of weeks, too. I'm sure we'll be in touch. That's Sal Capaccio.